everyone. My name is Zachary Rodier, and welcome to episode 83 of 614 Check, presented by the Oan Lane here on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. We have a great show for you today, and in this week, we're going to talk about everything from the Ohio State women's hockey team and the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll then preview the men's hockey series against Wisconsin as well. But not as many games happening this week with the men's hockey team off, so it's going to be maybe a little bit of a shorter episode. And then, of course, we'll get into the rapid headlines and college corner as always. So let's now get into this week's focus here on 614 Check. Enjoy. Let's get into this week's focus here on 614 Check, presented by the Oan Lane. And we will start right away with the Ohio State women's hockey team as they had another good weekend. They were in Mankato, Minnesota, and getting ready now after this series for their last two weeks of the regular season. But let's take a look at this weekend. It was um, some victories for the Ohio State women's hockey team. 3-0 win on Friday, 6-2 win on the Saturday and these were two games, look, Minnesota State's a team that's received votes. They're difficult to play against, uh, always in a WCHA opponent. That's the difficulty. Uh, you got goals from Jocelyn Amos, Jenna Buglioni, and Kayla Barnes. Um, and this was just a good opportunity for Ohio State to continue to get the goals going uh, and have opportunities continue to get reps in as they get closer to later in the season and then moving on to the second game for Ohio State it was another victory for them six to two and of course in that first game Reagan Kirk getting another shutout for Ohio State and that's really good for her momentum as things continue to get going um, but for OSU Markowski, Hartmitz, Buglioni, Dunn, Bernard and Kiara Zanin getting goals in that 6-2 victory on Saturday. Jenna Buglioni getting her second goal of the weekend. Good for her to continue to get on the board. She did so um, in the Bemidji series as well that was at Ohio State. So that was a really good sign for Ohio State to continue to get Buglioni on the board. And in this game as well, three defensemen and Bernard Hartmitz and Markowski getting on the board. Um, and then, of course, Zanet and Dunn as well. So that is a really good sign. Um, in this game, too, there were four penalties for Ohio State. Um, and this was, you know, maybe uh, that's a good amount of penalties for the Buckeyes. And it was 4-4 Minnesota State as well. So it did even out. Um, but... You know, teams always try and look forward to continue to play a cleaner game. Maybe you don't always want four penalties, especially later in the playoffs and in the NCAAs. Um, you know, head coach Nadine Muzzerall has said all time this season that she believes that her team is the best or if not one of the best teams five on five. With the numbers and how things have turned out this year for Ohio State on the special teams, um, you know, it can be a different story uh, if the Buckeyes go on the power player, the penalty kill, and that's when you have to be a difference maker as well. Uh, so maybe taking four penalties is not something that you want every game, but it, it can happen, especially with how the game's being called. Um, but at the end of the day, if they're evened out 4-4 like they were, it's not a huge concern. Um, but then, of course, you want to take advantage of your power play opportunities. Ohio State didn't get a power play goal in this game. They allowed a power play goal from Minnesota State on the Claire Vekic goal. Um, so 
Special teams, as you get closer into the playoffs, those can be the things that really stand out. If you're in the national championship game and you have a power play or you're in the final faceoff game and you have a power play, that is the time to make the other team pay and really take advantage. And that is something that can continue to be looked at um, for every single team, not just for Ohio State in the women's department, men's team, NHL, every team always wants to get their special teams better. Uh, We've continued to talk about it. And that can be something that can continue to get worked on um, for every team. And Ohio State, I'm sure, will continue to look at it. But their numbers like, are still very good in that capacity as well. I mean, if you look on the power play, they are 20%. That is maybe not where you know Ohio State wants it to be. But for a power play, that is still a very, very, very good power play unit. I mean, that is very successful. 20% is not something you're seeing all around the National Hockey League. I know it's a different league, um, and this is college hockey, but, you know, 20% is a very good power play at the end of the day. Um, The penalty kill, where it sits right now, um, they are at 83.1%, so maybe that's something they want to continue to look at. But again, Ohio State, unanimous number one in the rankings right now. They are looking really good. They will now move on to their final regular season home weekend as they take on the St. Thomas Tommies at OSU Ice Rink. Both games will be on Big Ten Plus and Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. I will have the call on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio um, this coming Friday. That game is going to be at 6 o'clock. SGSR Rinkside will be at 5.45 p.m. And then I will be on Big Ten Plus on Saturday at 3 p.m. And that game... I believe in Minnesota is also going to be on Fox 9 Plus as well, um, which is pretty cool too. So this is another opportunity for Ohio State to continue to take those next steps as they're getting really ready for the playoffs right now. Um, and the Tommies are a team, as we look at the WCHA standings, someone that they could be seeing again uh, in the first round of the WCHA playoffs. So this is a team that Ohio State can really use now to look at and see what's going on um, because this is going to be a team that they are very likely to see in the near future in the WCHA playoffs. St. Thomas, they are in last place right now uh, in the WCHA. They have two wins uh, in this season, 21 losses and one overtime loss. We're a total of eight points in the WCHA standings. Bemidji is right now at 10 points, so Ohio State, they are going to most likely play Bemidji or St. Thomas if things stayed the same today. Uh, At the bottom of the standings, at the top of the standings, Ohio State would play St. Thomas. So this is a team that Ohio State and St. Thomas, they could play each other in just a few weeks. So this is going to be a really interesting series to see how things match up. Senior week as well. Uh, I would expect, I don't know the availability of all the goaltenders and things like that, but maybe Quinn Koontz, uh Sr. may get an opportunity to start this weekend. We're going to have to see how that all turns out and what the goalie decisions are made. Uh, I know Ohio State makes them of who's playing well in practice, who deserves it and all that. Um, so just because it's you know senior weekend or one thing like that, um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean a goaltender is going to play, um, but we'll have to see depending on 
how practices for Ohio State turn out this week of who's going to be that goaltender um, for the Buckeyes in either game um, this coming weekend. Talking about the WCHA standings, let's take a look at where we are right now. Um, Due to how things turned out with Wisconsin a few weeks ago, there's now a seven-point difference. A seven-point difference between Ohio State and Wisconsin. So if Ohio State sweep St. Thomas in regulation in both games. That means they get a total of six points. Even if Wisconsin gets all six points this weekend, you will still have a seven-point differential between number one Ohio State in the WCHA standings and number two Wisconsin, and that could potentially clinch the Julianne Bicup Cup for Ohio State coming into next week when they will play Wisconsin. Because if it is that seven-point difference, even if Wisconsin were to completely sweep the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Buckeyes would still have a one-point advantage. Of course, Ohio State would still love to win those games against Wisconsin and all of that um, because of RPI and all the rankings and everything. Um, But it does look like if Ohio State is able to get all six points out of this weekend against St. Thomas. They are in a very, very good position for the Julianne Pie Cup and getting the regular season title for the second year in a row, um, which is pretty unusual in the WCHA to have such a big gap uh, when it comes to the WCHA regular season standings. Uh, I mean, I remember in the past few years, it's been coming down to those last final games. Last year, it came down um, to the final weekend. So not always usual for it to kind of be known who the regular season champion is going to be coming in to uh, the following weekend. Um, but again, at this point, if Ohio State is able to get all six points against St. Thomas, things are looking very good for them uh, in regards to the WCHA Julianne Bicop regular season championship. But even though you have that clinch and that number one seed in the playoffs and all the things that come along with the Julianne Bicop, if Ohio State is able to get all six points out of St. Thomas, you still have to, you know, stay fully locked in, ready to go, and, you know, take nothing for granted, play your heart out, and really get ready for the WCHA playoffs. Um, you know, it can sometimes be a difficult thing. Uh, when you have that point advantage. But again, like I said in last week's episode, what we've seen from Ohio State, uh, Nadine Muzzarell and the Ohio State women's hockey team time and time and again, they never take a game off. They never do anything like that. Um, To even be worried about, you know, getting too high on a gap like that. Um, So regardless whether they're able to clinch it this weekend or the weekend after, Ohio State's going to continue to play their heart out on every single game. There's so many things on the line besides just the WCHA regular season championship. I talked about the RPI and the rankings and everything else um, because at the end of the day, yes, you do have the WCHA tournament, but then you turn the page and it's the NCAAs and all of that and the RPI and everything matters in that capacity as well. Um, so we'll have to see how it all turns out. Um, but again, those games going to be this weekend, Friday at 6, 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, and of course, just like every women's hockey game this season, it's going to be the final time at OSU Ice Rink in the regular season. Tickets will be required. So let's now move on to the men's hockey team. They had a bye week. They will have a game this Friday at 6.30 at Value City Arena, taking on 
the University of Wisconsin and on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and that game will be uh, on Big Ten Network, the Friday game on Big Ten Plus, and also at Value City Arena. So that is really big for Ohio State. You know, they didn't have the weekend in the type of results that they may have wanted against Michigan. But with what I said last week, I did think that they played a good game, uh, especially in that Friday game. They were playing the right way. They may have not gone the results they wanted. Um, But I think for the Buckeyes, it's maybe the specific, you know, lapses at certain times. You know, you take your foot off the gas pedal for a few seconds and at a blink of an eye, you're down by two goals or you're digging yourself in a hole by being down three and it's really hard to get back in it. So as long as Ohio State can keep within that one to two goal range um, and, and keep things really tight, they'll have a really good chance this weekend to try and pull an upset against the University of Wisconsin in the USCHO rankings. Wisconsin currently at number four. They had a first place vote um, this week. So Wisconsin, they are high up there. A very, very good team this year. And this is going to be a huge test for Ohio State before they have two more weekends, of course, going to Michigan State and Penn State. So it doesn't get easier um, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, but again, Wisconsin, they're going to have to get that great goaltending. The special teams, I thought they were doing a nice job, especially on the penalty kill in the games against Michigan. If they continue that and they play a full 60 minutes of hockey, then I think they're going to have some good success against Wisconsin. William Whitelaw is a Blue Jackets prospect. He will be on Wisconsin, of course. So Blue Jackets fans, if they're going to the game as well, that is a prospect to look out um, for the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's now talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets and what has been going on with them. Of course, you had that all-star break, so not a lot of games. Uh, Actually, just one since we last spoke. uh, The loss to the Lightning, 4-2 for the Blue Jackets at Nationwide Arena. And this was a game for the Jackets that they had a really fast start. Um, they came out with pace, but they weren't able to beat Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, he was really good in that game uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, created problems for the Blue Jackets. Um, but overall, it was a nice effort uh, for the Blue Jackets right off the break. Uh, and, you know, it, it from the St. Louis game and how they played against the Lightning, the Jackets seem like they're doing the right things, um, maybe not getting the result they wanted, of course, uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, but a fast start and good pace, especially for the first game at a break and against a team in the Lightning that already played two games uh, since their break, and they were both losses. You knew Tampa was going to come out with a fast start, uh, and Tampa was really very fast, but the Blue Jackets were able to keep up that pace and that tempo with them, um, which was really good um, for the Blue Jackets, but just didn't get the result they wanted. Again, Vasilevsky was really, really good. Uh, and, you know, Zakarensky, Johnny Gautreaux had really good games and had fantastic chances, but Vasilevsky just stood very tall. So for the Blue Jackets this coming week, um, tonight on Tuesday, they will play the Ottawa Senators at 7 p.m. And then they will take on the San Jose Sharks at 10.30 p.m. Saturday night. So a late night game as the Blue Jackets will move on to their California trip. 
And we'll keep you up to date on everything on that trip in episode 84 and preview the rest of that California trip next episode. But that's everything from this week's focus as we now move into the rapid headlines in College Corner. I want to tell you about our presenting sponsor of 614 Check, the Oan Lane. Oan Lane is the gathering place for Buckeyes, offering the best atmosphere on campus with alluring views of their custom wood-fired pizza oven and the energy of campus happenings. The Oan Lane features specialty pizzas, wings, salads, and much more. Located on West Lane Avenue, the restaurant is steps away from all Ohio State athletic venues. Go to theoanlane.com to view the menu, weekly specials, and where to book your next party. Every day is game day at the Oan Lane, the official sponsor of 614 Check. So let's now get into the rapid headlines in College Corner. Not as much as uh, things have been going on this week, but there was a big trade in the PWHL. Talking about a former Ohio State Buckeye, the only Buckeye to win the Patty Kazmaier, Sophie Jakes, moving on from Boston as she was traded to PWHL Minnesota in exchange for Susanna Tapani and Abby Cook. Um, so a forward and defender going to Boston in exchange for Sophie Jakes. So a two-for-one. Jakes, that one player going back to Minnesota. He's going to get to be with Liz Shepers and Claire DeGeorge and Taylor Heisey and a lot of great players for Minnesota. And Jakes is going to be a big part of that team. And the first trade in PWHL history now includes an Ohio State Buckeye and a Patty Kazmaier winner. So a very big trade there. Talking about the Blue Jackets, defenseman Adam Boquist was activated off injured reserve. Um, he was already back in that game versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yegor Chinikov not playing against the Ottawa Senators with an upper body injury. With the Tampa Bay Lightning, they announced before the Blue Jackets game that Mikhail Sergachev underwent successful surgery in New York to stabilize fractures both in the tibia and fibula on his left leg. The team announced Sergachev is expected to return to Tampa in the coming days to immediately begin re rehabilitation. A timetable for his return to the ice has not been established. Sergachev was injured during the second period of this past Wednesday's game versus the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Also, in a schedule update, the Blue Jackets game at Florida on Thursday, April 11th, originally scheduled for 7.30, is now going to be on 7 o'clock and will air on Bally Sports instead of ESPN+. Also, Bill Guerin was named the general manager of Team USA for the 2025 NHL Four Nations Faceoff and the 2026 U.S. Olympic men's ice hockey team. The Winter Classic will be in 2025 at Wrigley Field, Featuring the Chicago Blackhawks and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so that is your news for the outdoor game in the Marquee Winter Classic for next year. In IIHF news, the IIHF announced that Russia and Belarus will not participate in the 2024-2025 IIHF Championship season. Um, they said during one of its regular scheduled meetings, the IIHF Council reviewed the current safety risks associated with reincorporating the Russian and Belarusian national and club teams into IIHF competitions. Based on thorough analysis, the IIHF con Council concluded that it is not yet safe to reincorporate the Russian and Belarusian teams back into IIHF competitions. 
Therefore, Russia and Belarus will not participate in the 2024-25 WIHF championship season. The decision will also apply to the Belarusian team regarding the final Olympic qualification round that will be played in August 2024. As it has been done over the past years, the IHF Council will continue to monitor the situation with the latest date to determine if it is safe to reincorporate Russia and Belarus for the 2025-2026 championship season in May 2025 at the IHF Council meeting ahead of the IHF annual conference. So that's the decision right there. Morgan Riley also for the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday will have an in-person hearing um, for a cross-check that took place during the Ottawa Senators game after Ripley Gregg of the Ottawa Senators fired an empty net goal with a slap shot into Toronto's net. Um, it got a retaliation from Morgan Riley, and that play is now uh, what brought Morgan Riley to have an in-person hearing, which allows him to be suspended for more than five games. It doesn't guarantee it, um, but it allows that opportunity for the NHL Department of Player Safety to make that decision. Uh, but again, we will have to see what that decision is and how it all turns out. But that's everything in the Rapid Headlines in College Corner, so let's now get into the outro. I hope you enjoyed episode 83 of 614 Check, presented by the Oan Lane on the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio Podcast Network. Make sure you follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and X at 614Check, 4Check spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. Also, make sure you follow Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio on X at SGSR underscore OSU. And to listen to the Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio broadcast, go to Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio com and right on the first page we'll have your area of where you can listen to the games on SGSR live but that's everything in episode 83 we'll get back to all the great news in episode 84 of 614 check presented by video on lane so until next time my name is Zachary Rodier thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time have a great week thanks <laughs>